the yearbook sportscast. We don't know what the hell we're doing. Can you tell? Hey, guys. Georgetown could have two players taken in this NFL draft. That Georgetown, the one with the Hoyas, which is not a dog. The one at Washington, D.C. Now, that is a big-time long shot. It's something of a long shot that Georgetown University gets one player drafted whenever the draft is held. But defensive lineman Christian Tate was a standout player for real. He was a standout player in the preseason, in the regular season. He was a standout player. He is allegedly the best possibility to go in the draft here. Hoyas receiver Michael Darius could also be drafted. If even one of those two make it, this would be the first time Basketball school Georgetown has had an NFL player since 2007. Don't you hate that? Only do that when the answer is like 1923. Don't have a big lead in when the last NFL Hoya was 12 or 13 years ago. I mean, sure, that was a little while ago. But And it's even worse when you're watching a game because it's always, well, that hasn't happened since or we haven't seen that since, since... Since 2017, just uh, don't do that. Anyway, in 2007, it was the greatly named Alex Busby, greatly spelled too, B-U-Z-B-B, I'm sorry, B-U-Z-B-E-E, Alex Busby, who is a former Georgetown Hoya with the Redskins in 2007. That Georgetown hasn't had many NFL players Maybe that should surprise you because the Hoyas literally ran the league. The guy before Roger Goodell, Commissioner Paul Tagliabu, was a Georgetown grad. And it's not like he didn't know that the athletic department existed. He talked Georgetown basketball. And uh, Jerry Jones Jr., yes, the son of that Jerry Jones, is also a Georgetown grad. Although uh, the one, the Jones boy that you see so often, you hear about so often with contract negotiations and holdouts and stuff like that, that would be Jerry Jr.'s brother, Stephen Jones. He would be the uh, the famous one. He went to Arkansas. We would be curious to see. They'll never tell us, and why should they? Whether Arkansas or Georgetown gets more money from the Jones family and what the Georgetown Hoya football program could do with an absolute fortune uh, from the Joneses. Kendall Vildor is also an intriguing prospect at the draft he's a defensive back from georgia southern and i know it sounds like we just went through the nfl complete draft guide in alphabetical order because we just went from georgetown to georgia southern and picked like two or three random guys in the g's but we actually didn't find vildor in alphabetical order Uh, we found him in a 2017 game against massachusetts as a umass ball carrier literally soared past vildor soared through the air Passed Vildor's face into the end zone for a touchdown. Vildor reached out and speared the ball out of the UMass player's hands right before the ball could hit the goal line. It was confirmed on replay. He didn't just get lucky. The fumble Vildor caused was recovered by Georgia Southern for a touchback. It was just a a beautiful play in real time. It, It looked fantastic. Actually, almost everybody on hand thought it was a touchdown. But it was a touchback, which is in favor of Georgia Southern. That play seemed lost to history. It didn't even make that night's Sports Center top 10, probably at least in part because it was essentially meaningless. Georgia Southern was already losing by three touchdowns on the way to getting keel hauled by a bad UMass team by 35. But with us, 
that one moment left a big impression on us. Hal Vildor, whose name we might be mispronouncing right now, how he didn't give up. And as he stood there, he, he was on two feet. He didn't leap or anything like that. As he stood there, he was able to force a fumble on a player as that player passed him in the air just before the ball several feet in the air could hit the white of the goal line. Now Vildor is making some pre-draft noise, but everybody lies. So whether he actually is pro-caliber remains to be seen. Of course, in the movie, a guy who's a try-hard effort guy like that would be an automatic pro, but in real life, who knows? But two and a half years after his big play that might have unfortunately been forgotten somehow in this day and age, or in that day and age, in 2017, unfortunately, somehow that could be missed. After two and a half years, here Vildor is on the doorstep to the NFL. I don't know how it uh, how it is how things are where where you are, uh, but there has been some serious real time market research going on with with people's buying habits. And ironically, like so many things, it's market research that I hope companies never ever use because obviously, you know, there's something going on nationally. We have a we have a national situation where uh, it can be weird going one way in grocery store aisles or whatever things are in place where you are right now. So hopefully nobody is crass enough to use the market research that they learned during a national event. I mean, that would just be crass for them to, to use that for commercial purposes. But in real time, with people under pressure to buy something, we have found out some things. Um, I don't know how it is where you are, where we are. Peanut butter is one of the things that it goes fast, okay? And GIF is available nowhere, all right? The GIF is gone. It is gone instantaneously. While the Skippy remains behind. Okay, now that's something. That's a little bit of an exaggeration. The GIF is gone. The GIF is completely gone. Through several different stores uh, in the region, there is no GIF to be had. And so, uh, some Skippy is selling, but there is Skippy peanut butter left over. So the choice in a pressure situation is clear. Although, I'll be honest, somebody else said, no way, GIF, man, but we're peanut butterologists, and I do either. GIF, Skippy, doesn't matter. Uh, another thing that's not quite the same is candy. Again, not, we're not in a particularly health-conscious area. I don't know how it is where you are, but candy is being completely left alone. All the good stuff, M&Ms, Twix, M&M bars, whatever you like, just bales and bales of candy going begging. Nobody's in the candy aisle. Nobody cares. Nobody's buying candy. Uh, contact us at says in the yearbook at hotmail.com. Uh, I'm your host, Doug, and we thank you very much, as always, uh, for listening to us. Uh, in the NFL, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they have a tortured uniform history, which is ironic since they've only had three uniforms. That tortured history continued when the Buccaneers announced that they finally went back to the pewter and red things from 2013. They turned back the clock seven whole years. I guess the idea here is that the most successful era in team history was the time when the Buccaneers wore pewter and red, and they did win a Super Bowl, but that was it. So ever since 1997, when the Buccaneers first started using the pewter and red look, I've wanted them to go back to their original orange and white uniforms, which were born with the franchise, right down to the winking pirate. You heard me on the helmets. But even though everyone is now nostalgic for those orange and white uniforms, those uniforms were made fun of in the 70s and 80s. It's not like everybody liked them. A lot of people liked them, yes, but they were not universally revered. 
which sometimes it seems like they are now. But I really like them. I wanted them back. Eventually, Tampa Bay started occasionally reusing the throwback in orange uniforms. You know, they'd work it in during the season for a game or something like that. And then, in 2014, Tampa Bay finally made a big change and added, like, a couple of thin orange lines to the pewter and red. Literally, that was it, seriously. Fan pressure mounted, and six years later, the Buccaneers finally made another change back to the same pewter and red uniforms from seven years ago. The NFL has a rule about not using multiple helmet designs, meaning, unlike in college, you see all these college teams, they're wearing a different helmet every week, okay? Unlike in college in the NFL, you cannot wear a different colored helmet or a different helmet every week. They say it's a safety issue. Now, some are reporting that the use of multiple helmets in the NFL could come back in 2021, and that would allow the Buccaneers to use the winking helmet along with orange and white uniforms. Now, it's not clear exactly what the people reporting this mean. It's not totally clear, but that sounds like using throwbacks sometimes. Not a full-on switch back to the old Buccaneers logo and colors. So Tampa Bay, which allegedly wants to bring back the original uniforms, has spent 22 years either moving back to them unbelievably gradually or successfully avoiding them. Once the Buccaneers went as far as adding an orange stripe, and once the Buccaneers went as far as undoing that and going right back to pewter and red. But next year... Again, it's unclear, it's it's murky what this means, but next year maybe Tampa Bay will wear the orange sometimes so they can make money off of uniforms they keep saying no to. Who knows what the problem is? The front office made a decision and badly wants those uniforms, but there's some kind of impossible legal or logistical hurdle. The front office made a decision and it just doesn't like the so-called creamsicle look. The front office can't make a decision. Like hockey isn't sure if it should get rid of fighting. The front office isn't sure if the franchise should go 100% on uniforms from the 70s. Meanwhile, the XFL, LA Wildcats, did what more teams should do and just said go for it, which is very 80s, by the way. While the Buccaneers were doing whatever the Buccaneers were doing, the Wildcats just came in and went unabashedly full Burger King. The Wildcats uniforms were mostly black, but there was plenty of bright red and yellow And it was spectacular. Who knows if this affected Tampa Bay at all. It's very possible the Buccaneers didn't care what the Wildcats did. It's also very possible that while the Wildcats kicked off and went all in on the fast food look, the Buccaneers were already way too far into their redesign from seven years ago and had to just wait three months to reveal something really the same. Whatever's going on, it bothers me that Tampa Bay won't just make a decision. And ultimately, the orange and white and the winking pirate will maybe, apparently, be seen just long enough to make some extra cash. That is not a crime, and most teams have alternate money-printing uniforms. But a lot of those teams just make a decision. The Buccaneers keep saying, we can't be seen in public with the uniforms you like. But you could have one for $325.